0: guys zinno here for a to z coming up on the show today the falcons could be headed to a place that no team of professional sports wants to be plus who should dogs fans be rooting for that's not wearing red and black this weekend and our week uh, 11 nfl and week 12 college picks against the spread coming up next right here on a to z this is a to z with mark Zeno, part of locked on sports atlanta how did we get here if you're not the number one pick guess what You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts... Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Go! Afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked on Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you the future might not look good. Welcome in. We are live here on a football Friday. Appreciate you guys joining me. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked on ATL. Of course, Matt Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel. Get us to those 5,000 subscribers as well. We're on Roku TV. However you get Roku TV on your Amazon Fire Stick, anywhere else, download that Roku TV app and check out all the great shows here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. A lot to do today and we will have some games games against the number that we will pick for you coming up here before the end of the show. But Falcons get set to take on the bears on Sunday and um, a little bit of an interesting spot here between these two teams, by the way, uh, in case you were wondering about 90% of the tickets are on the bears this weekend, getting three points, which should scare the hell out of you. If you're on them right now, it's such a public team. It's like run the other direction. Um, And if this thing were to move, Moved to two and a half, I'm sure there would be some money buying back on the Falcons, but nonetheless, I want to move beyond the game a little bit. Um, because you know, uh, every now and then you do hear an intelligent conversation on Sports Talk Radio here in Atlanta, and I heard one yesterday, courtesy of uh Matt Chernoff on 680, the fan. And I just wanted to give him credit because I want to dive deeper into something that he said that really sort of struck me. We've spent a lot of this week talking about Desmond Ritter, uh, and I keep trying to remind you guys why he's not playing, why he shouldn't play, why it's not necessary that he plays. And yet, the talk continues to be around most of this town about, well, give Desmond Ritter a shot. Give him this, you know, let's just see what we got this, that, and the other, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, the interesting part here is that uh, there hasn't been this conversation in Atlanta in two decades. Think about it. You know, when you look back to 2001, when the Falcons drafted Michael Vick and then had him for six years, you had a blip on the radar in 07 after everything that had happened. And then Matt Ryan comes in eight and takes you all the way up to 2021. You had a 20 year run of quarterback stability. Um, That's really hard to do. That's like the Colts with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, right? That's like just Tom Brady in new England. Right. Um, you know what? The Ravens are currently going through with with Joe Flacco and now into Lamar Jackson. You're talking about unprecedented levels of longevity and stability at the most important position in all of sports. And now you're sitting here facing this situation of, well, we know Mariota is not the, the long term guy. He's just the bandaid. He's just a short term fix. And yet you don't know if. Ritter is the guy. And you're going, well, that's why we do this. Jeremy is. Guys, um, I I have to remind you that Desmond Ritter is a third-round pick for a reason. Don't give me Russell Wilson. Don't give me Kirk Cousins. Don't give me Tom Brady. Those are complete outliers. And I've said this for years. If you take a quarterback outside the first round, you are wasting a pick. Because 95% of these dudes turn into nothings career backups the best they can hope to be is chase daniel who's still kicking it around this league as a backup enjoying the hell out of life the best they can hope to be is case keenum who's still kicking it around this league as a backup enjoying life so the rush to get rid of in there as i told you you're not going to find out exactly what you have with any certainty because of the examples went over yesterday the baker mayfields the josh allen's like What you saw from the upset of those guys is not what you ended up getting. And the problem is, is that when you're in this spot, nothing else in the team can really move forward until you have settled the quarterback position, period. And that's why you got to give teams, and, and I mentioned the Ravens a moment ago, but give teams like them credit when it's like, we are moving off our Super Bowl winning quarterback and going to the next guy. I don't care how it makes us look. Don't care. How make, we are we are going to continue to have quarterback stability for chunks of five and six years at a time, because that is what's going to make this organization successful. It's going to make it easy. Plus, you know, again, salary caps of rookies versus you know veterans is completely different. But all this put together in a bowl basically leaves the Falcons in this spot right now, where there is zero certainty over the next five years of who the quarterback is, and the problem is. That you have a superior head coach who's continually undervalued, but a superior head coach who needs to find that person and fix the quarterback position immediately if he hopes to have any longevity. Because at the end of the day, you're going to lose more games than you win, or you're only going to win slightly more games than you lose when you have this up and down, uneven quarterback play. I mean, Matt Ryan was a very good quarterback. And even that, there were years he went 4 and 12 and 6 and 10, right? Like, Nobody's immune from it, period. So the point simply is, is that this is something that could choke this franchise for the foreseeable future. Terry Fontenot knows it. Arthur Smith knows it. And I think Arthur Smith right now, again, wisely is choosing winning games over, well, let's just see what we have. Because at least if you win games, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You kind of, you build a little equity, right? You got a little in your back pocket. It's easy for him to go, Hey, I went 500 with that roster, which was one of the worst in the league. Well, eight, nine called 500. You get the point. If he can do that, it's like, okay, Hey GM, you go find me the right quarterback. Right? I mean, it, it has to be a collaborative effort at that point in time. So it's a very scary situation that the Falcons are in. It's one that that no team wants to be in. It's why the Browns were awful for 30 years because they couldn't find a quarterback. It's why the Broncos have been absolutely uneven, up and down since John Elway retired because they haven't been able to find a quarterback. And And here they are now, sinking all this money into Russell Wilson. And guess what? It doesn't look like it's working out at the start. I mean, that's where you end up. And if you get there, right, if you end up in this spot, then how do you get out of it? Eventually, you just have to get lucky. Or you have to do something like what the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins did. Trade up all your picks, move up to two in the draft, and go get a quarterback you think is going to change your franchise. I mean, do, do you think the Jaguars truly believe they have the quarterback for the next 10 years of their team? Does he look like the quarterback that you want for the next 10 years of your team? Not at this point. Looks very average to me. Looks more like closer to a backup than a starter. And that was the number one overall pick. So, yeah, to a certain extent, uh, as much as you want to put your moral compass aside and people look sideways at you for doing so, for going after Deshaun Watson, it made a lot of sense because for a 25-year-old, maybe for the next seven, maybe 10 years, you'd have a guy at the position that you knew was going to play to X level, and you were going to be fine. Like, that to me is very much a valid reason for going after that type of quarterback. Moral compass aside, of course. So, and and the Bears are trying to find out right now, the Falcons' opponent, they're trying to find out, is Justin Fields really the guy? He's looked like the, for the last four games. We'll see if that continues. No guarantee that it will. But to this point, it kind of looks like the guy. So it's a dangerous, dangerous spot that the Falcons are in, and they will spend this offseason trying to figure that out. And as soon as they're eliminated from the playoffs, Desmond Ritter is his shot you will start to see him play a little bit because it doesn't matter. And frankly, I I agree with that assessment from Arthur Smith. All right, coming up next, who should Georgia fans be rooting for that's not wearing red and black this weekend? But first, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games. Told you a moment ago, Bears, a three-point underdog. Falcons, a three-point favorite here at home. There are news and reviews of every league, including the NFL, college football, for the big games this weekend, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. Again, uh, you know, you listen to the podcast that Bet Online has. So Those are full of sports wagering information. That's why Bet Online is a top online resource. They can give you tips for live in game betting, scores, podcasts, all that is there. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Uh, coming up mañana, tomorrow, as they say. Um, Second to last week of the regular season. And, you know, a lot of teams, particularly SEC teams, with the exception of Georgia, just the way their schedule worked out, uh, are playing sort of cupcake games. Um, you know, Alabama's playing like Austin P. Um, You know, for example, some of the Power Five teams, like Florida State's playing Louisiana. Uh, just looking down the board here. Um, you know, LSU's playing UAB. Not a lot of like, you know, big-time matchups. All of the ones that we have, are pretty good. Uh, you got two big matches out in the Pac-12, obviously a big match in the Big 12, and you know nothing really in the SEC that sort of stands out. I mean, other than Georgia taking on Kentucky and, uh, and Tennessee taking on South Carolina, a lot of the other uh, SEC teams are sort of, you know, A&M's playing UMass for crying out loud, whatever. All right. Uh, I have spent the better part of this week arguing with Georgia fans, the better part of the last two weeks, arguing with Georgia fans about the rest of college football and how competent they really are. And while Georgia fans have not been wanting to agree with me, I certainly understand why. I still will hold to the same concept that nobody's going to beat Georgia this year except for Georgia. If they play a clean game, nobody's going to catch them, and they'll win the national championship again. But if you'd like the easiest path forward, who should Georgia fans be rooting for? And I'll say this, um, I get that SEC country is only aligned with SEC country like you know, it's a very myopic sort of group of folks who don't really validate any other conference, per se, as anywhere near as good as the SEC. And not only that, they don't really validate any other teams other than maybe two or three of them. You know, Ohio State, maybe Clemson, um, not this year, but in years past. You know, look at some of those other bigger programs with big names that, that SEC fans would be like, oh, well, you know, they're legit. Michigan, whatever. But if you're a Georgia fan this weekend, you have to you have to wonder um, if you're looking at the landscape of what is going on and what possibly could happen for the college football playoff. Explain to me why you would want Tennessee back in the playoff. Like, why would you want to face Tennessee again? Because you beat them once handed? Like, go back to last year. Do you think Alabama wanted to see Georgia again knowing that they had beaten them once in the SEC championship game and doing it twice was going to be extremely hard, especially in the short span and, you know, two games in less than what a month against each other. So it's one of those things where it's like, I, and I said this too, and Braves fans remember this, stay away from division opponents in the postseason if you can. Just stay away. When you get to the same, same thing in, in football in the NFL, stay away from division opponents because everything becomes a coin flip. Look what happened to the Eagles on Monday night at home against the Washington Commanders. Coin flip. That's what happens with the familiarity of the teams that you play. So no, SC, no Georgia fan should want another SEC team in the playoff. I know you guys beat your chest. Oh, we get two teams in every year. We're the best conference in the land. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ridiculous. Don't do that. Because, again, beating that team twice is really hard. So I will tell you, Georgia fans, you should be rooting for TCU to beat Baylor and remain undefeated. You should be rooting for USC to beat UCLA and continue their march towards a Pac-12 championship. Because, as I've said repeatedly, Georgia wins out, the winner of the Big Ten, Ohio State or Michigan. TCU wins out. USC wins out. Those are your four teams in the college football playoff, and Tennessee is not getting it. That's what you should want, because I will say this much. While I still think, think Georgia is better than Tennessee, um, I think that USC is not as good, at least offensively, as Tennessee, and their defense is a little bit better but not great, TCU will get molly-whopped by Georgia. Like, USC might be able to keep it close. Like, Lincoln Riley's coached against Georgia before, right? Um, he, he, he's done that at, at Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield that year. So he might have a little bit of an idea of of what to do to be able to score, but they're not good enough to keep up with, with, uh, with Georgia. So once you get past that, you know, if Ohio state gets in, it's Georgia, Ohio state for the national championship. Like that's what you're seeing. So just get ready for it. But again, if Michigan runs the table, Georgia fans are like, Oh, we beat them last year. We killed him. We'll kill him again. Okay. Whatever. But if I'm a Georgia fan, I want TCU and USC in, and I want Tennessee out. No reason to to, to put Tennessee in this thing. I mean, LSU's not going because LSU's not beating Georgia, even if Georgia plays a bad game. Georgia can turn the ball over twice against LSU, and Georgia will still cover 16 points on this spread. I'm not even worried about it. LSU is overrated, and they're not that good. And Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for the Tigers, uh, is going to be in for one of the worst games of his life he's going to be like, I haven't seen anything like that all season long. Yeah, no, you haven't. Trust me. I think those, that's what I want to see is the four teams in the playoff. I'd love some different representation in here. Again, this is why I am, you know, not the SEC homer uh, that I once was accused of being. I think maybe my second day here in Atlanta on the radio, which was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, I, I would love to see Georgia, Big Ten champ, TCU, USC as the four in, uh, as the four in the college football playoff. All right. Uh, we are going to get to, uh, some picks for the weekend. Um, just a couple of quick news and notes as well. We will hit the shovel of wisdom, but first a word from my friends at locked on sports today. Well, You guys listen to Locked On Falcons, don't you? Aaron Freeman does an amazing job each and every day. He's one of the best in the biz. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We'll get to picks here in a moment and just one or two other news and notes. But first, we have to hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day, how we have to set somebody straight for saying we're doing something stupid, and uh, we do so with the Shovel of Wisdom right upside the head. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-O. just use the hashtag Shovel of wisdom. And today my shovel goes to FIFA. Yeah, uh, you guys been following this World Cup thing going on? Um, well, this came across very early this morning. And it was first reported by the British paper, The Times. Um, World Cup organizers have banned the sale of alcohol around stadiums in Qatar after last-minute showdown talks FIFA announced early this morning. Um, FIFA said in a statement, quote, following discussions between host country authorities and FIFA, a decision has been made to focus the sale of alcoholic beverages on the FIFA fan festival, other fan destinations and licensed venues, removing the sales points of beer from Qatar's FIFA World Cup 2022 stadium perimeters. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting because uh, theoretically, and I stress theoretically because I've been there, but um you know, Qatar is a Muslim country. It's supposed to be a dry country. Muslims don't partake in alcohol, theoretically. Um, and somehow, you know, FIFA, who's uh, one of their main sponsors, happens to be Budweiser. Well, you know, uh, last time I checked, Budweiser sells alcohol. However, they are allowing Bud Zero to still be stolen in the stadium. So if you if you want some taste of beer that's not beer, knock yourself out, buy a Bud Zero. Well, I'm going kidding reserve my opinions on that for a, a different time in a different, uh, sort of venue. But yeah, I mean, this is why you don't pick the world cup for countries like this. I say the same thing about the Olympics. There's like six countries that should host the Olympics. That's it. You don't need any more. The Olympics doesn't need to be, uh, somewhere in, you know, uh, uh Ecuador, right? The Olympics don't need to be in Norway right? The Olympics, you could put them in just the the six or seven major superpowers of the world that can handle it. That's it. Qatar doesn't need a World Cup. They don't. South Africa didn't need a World Cup. They don't. You know, even Brazil didn't need a World Cup. Like, just whatever. Like, make this really simple in places where it's easy uh, and convenient for people to get to get in and out of and, and, you know, places that actually can pull it off. So good job, FIFA. And oh, by the way, if you want to see how, um, awful an organization FIFA is small plug here, John Oliver, the political satirical comedian eight years ago, did a hysterical and I mean hysterical bit, uh, on FIFA, just FIFA, like Google FIFA, John Oliver, and you'll see the whole thing, uh, from his show. It's really, really, really well done. And you'll definitely laugh. So it is worth it. All right. Um, a couple of other, uh, quick notes here, uh, by the way, Hawks will take on, uh, or be back home tomorrow to face – who are they playing tomorrow? Why am I drawing a blank? It's Toronto, right? Yeah. Uh, they take on the Raptors at uh, 6 p.m. early game on, on Saturday. Um, and, of course, we got football here tomorrow, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, and um, Kentucky. And as far as picks are concerned, um, I will lay the 22.5 with Georgia. I'm not sure that Kentucky is going to be able to score in this game. Like, that's a real concern. Will Levis hasn't been the same since his turf toe and shoulder injuries. Um, this is very much a scenario where uh, I could see Georgia winning this game like 37 to 6. Like, I don't know if, if Kentucky has enough firepower to even score in this game. It just The only thing Kentucky really does well at this point is run the ball. Georgia defends that really well. Um, and Kirby remembers what happened last year with Mark Stoops calling timeouts with four seconds left to score a meaningless touchdown in a game where they were up 34-6 to six, um, to make it 34-13 to 13 as a final. Yeah. So I'm sure Kirby will make this one a little bit personal. i like to stick it to him. That said, I'm also going to lay the points with Tennessee over South Carolina. South Carolina's going to be able to score. This is an over game as well. Um, but Tennessee needs style points and they know it. Josh Heupel knows it as well. Why does he know it? Cause he used to coach at UCF a team that got left out of the college football playoff, claimed to be national champions, even though they weren't, but he understands that concept and he's got to impress the committee and he knows it. So if they keep pouring on 60, um, they're going to make it harder for teams to, to get rid of them. Genuinely, that's what's, what's going to happen. So, um, those are two of the college games that I am on this weekend. I am going to back TCU, you, you guys. Uh, they are, are laying two and a half at Baylor. Every sharp person I know, every really smart person I know and respect in this industry is on Baylor. I'm a man on an island, um, and I get it. I try to find ways to get to the window on Baylor. Um, I can't do it. Situationally, I know the spot screams Baylor, and I understand that, but sometimes you have to go beyond situation and just look at the teams that are there um, Baylor is not good this year. TCU is just flat out better. Uh, and why, why fade that? I, I, I get it last week when they're getting seven points, but um, the number says take TCU, and the team is better. I'll take TCU. Before I get to my pro picks, I want to remind you guys to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, give a like and a thumbs up to the content there. Get us to five thousand subscribers. You guys have been awesome about supporting Locked On Sports Atlanta. And as we get closer and closer and closer to 5,000 subscribers, it's like, wow, what do we do in just a short eight months here? We've only been around since April of this year. You guys have been absolutely amazing in all the support that you've thrown us. So, uh, we continue to appreciate all you guys watching, telling friends about it, but we need you to subscribe to YouTube, YouTube channel, give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there. Get us to those 5,000 subscribers. A couple of games in the NFL that I love this weekend. Um, One, I will tell you a bet that I'm going to take is the Baltimore Ravens, who are hosting the Carolina Panthers. The spread is 13. I'm going to take the Ravens in the first half at minus six and a half. Even at minus seven, I wouldn't hate it. The Ravens have been a a great first-half team this year. Um, Carolina, I know they're coming off that Thursday night win, and they're a little bit you know, feeling themselves, but um, they're on the road. I think Baker Mayfield is going to start again for Carolina, and guess what? Uh, The Ravens weren't kind to him when he was in Cleveland. They're going to be less kind to him in Carolina. Ravens bugaboo this year has been giving up leads in the second half, but when you get me under a touchdown in the first half can absolutely take the Ravens minus six and a half in the first half in this game. Wouldn't trust in the whole game. 13 points is just too many um, for any team, but the Ravens have been really good about getting out to leads. Told you about the bears where you got about, you know, 85% of the tickets and 92% of the money uh, on Chicago. So if this gets to three and a half and it's on li- and the line isn't moved, which tells me a ton, Right. If the line isn't moving, you're getting that much of a one-sided action. Um, that means bookmakers see the liability with the Falcons here and aren't willing to move the line in favor of where the money is going. And, um, yeah, that's a signal. So I'll probably stay off this game because my initial assessment is that the Bears win. Justin Fields presents a little bit of variance that you can't eliminate. Who knows if he could take off for a 70-yard run? Who knows if the Falcons can keep him contained? Hard to figure out. There are two places where um, you have a sharp contrast between the amount of bets on one side and the amount of money on one side. So in theory, when you talk about gambling, typically the number of bets and the number of money wagered on the team are fairly close to the same. Why? Because the public typically follows that. Now, when you get a sharp discrepancy in that, you have to pay attention. So, for example, look at the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in Pittsburgh, coming off a buy, laying four points. Now, you have just 39% of the bets are on the Steelers, but 72% of the money is on Pittsburgh. So that means some people, like sharper people, have come in and made one huge bet on the Steelers, right? So you get a lot of small people putting small wagers on Cincinnati. One big bet comes in on Pittsburgh and changes the money. Follow the money, take Pittsburgh, plus four, I know I will. You see the same thing here with the Washington Commanders who are at the Houston Texans. Washington coming off that huge Monday night win, going on the road in a short week to a lesser opponent. Situationally the spot scream Texans and the money does the same thing. Only 30% of the bets are on the Texans but 66% of the money is on Houston. And again, another line that has really moved. So, uh I'll take the Texans as well. I really 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 love to fade the Colts this week. Um but again, another situation where only 35% of the tickets are on the Colts, 59% of the money, Eagles coming off that loss, probably going to be a stay away for me. However, I'm going to back the Dallas Cowboys laying a point and a half against the Minnesota Vikings, who just come off beating the Buffalo Bills. Um, waiting for the Vikings to falter. they keep winning one score games. I'll fade them again this week. I faded them last week uh, and should have you know, covered, but did not. Anyway, um, like Dallas here in this spot. Minnesota coming home after a big win looks for a letdown spot here against a team with a really, really good defense. So um, that's what we're going to do this weekend in college in the NFL. Uh, I hope you guys have a, a wonderful weekend. Best of luck with all your bets. Again, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Give a like and a thumbs up to the content there. Give us a follow on Twitter as long as it's still around. If Twitter's still going to be around, I don't know what Elon Musk is doing, but. If Twitter is still there, follow us at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We'll be back on Monday to recap this football weekend and everything that has gone on. We appreciate you guys joining us. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya.